Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm happy to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations. And with me today is my special guest, John McCaskill. John is a retired Navy SEAL commander who has become now a mindfulness and meditation teacher. And I'm happy to interview him as a confirmed male ally for women and girls for equality and equity. John attended the U.S. Naval Academy where he got his MS in operations research and served in Iraq, Afghanistan, off the coast of Somalia, and in Panama. After retiring, he served as a deputy executive director and podcast host of Veterans Path, a social profit organization that introduces meditation and mindfulness to veterans to bring them a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. Today, he does keynote speeches on developing leadership, grit, and resilience for individuals and organizations. And he owns his own mindfulness consulting company, McCaskill Consulting, bringing mindfulness and meditation to high-performing teams to help them deal with stress, anxiety, and depression while increasing focus, creativity, and productivity. So, John, I'm so excited to have you. This is what I've been doing all my life. And so it's just exciting to see someone with your background taking on meditation and mindfulness because it's key to so many people living successful and well-being lives. So welcome. For sure. Well, thank you, Dr. Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. I really love the the theme and point behind your show, and I love what you're doing for for women and and just gender equality and equity. So I love, uh, and I'm honored to be here with you. Thank you. Well, I, I noticed your questions. I actually loved all your questions. Example of strong women in my life, how feminine energy can be used. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get there, but I want to start out by talking about something very important because men and women, this is something that they all really, really need to do. And it's, but first we want to talk about your personal story, but meditation is key to everyone's life and mindfulness. But how did you get from point A to point B. I mean, here you are, this background is a Navy SEAL. And as I said, my family, I come from a military family, grew up around Washington, D.C. area. I mean, that's a different, totally different community and focus. And, and then I also want to be sure and talk about the military and the need for good mental health services being available to them. So how did you get to be the John I'm talking to today? How'd you get to be you? Uh, well, I guess it, it really started early on in my military career, but I didn't really realize that it had 
they were teaching us breathing in order to control our arousal. If we were shooting guns, if we were dealing with explosives, if we were taking down a target, uh, that there was certain breathing drills that we would do. But we we didn't call it meditation. We didn't call it mindfulness. We just called it t- taking control, right? Mm-hmm. And then years later. I struggled with stress and anxiety and depression after battling with some survivor's guilt of my own. Mm -hmm. And I went and sought counseling and one of the counselors recommended mindfulness and meditation. And just to keep a long story short, uh, I I pushed back against it at first because there's a stigma that surrounds that, but he broke that stigma and and showed me that some very high performing individuals use meditation and mindfulness and showed me that it could be used not just to overcome the depression and the anxiety and the stress that I was feeling, but also to help to improve my performance. And so I took that and I ran with it. And about two months later, I started to see improvements in my performance. But not only did I see that, I saw a change in how I handled depression, how I handled stress, how I handled anxiety. It didn't go away. Yeah, It was still in my life, but I knew a different way to handle it. Things bubbled to the surface while I was meditating. And then I was able to go and process that with a formal counselor. And I was also the mindfulness side of things, which I didn't even know what mindfulness was. I was in the moment more often. So one of the big ones that I noticed initially was I was with my baby girl, who at the time, initially before I started meditating was about three months old. And I would get up in the middle of the night when it was my turn to feed her. And I would get her a bottle and I'll give her the bottle, this three-month-old in my arms, giving her the bottle. And what I'm thinking about is work, or I'm thinking about what I had screwed up the day before. And I wasn't thinking about this beautiful baby girl that was in my arms. And then I started meditating, and the mindfulness came into play. And I would uh, get up in the middle of the night to feed. Now she was almost six months old, and I'm feeding her, and and she's, you know, making her little noises and reaching up and grabbing my hands with her hands. And I would be present. I would pay attention to this beautiful miracle that was in my arms and, and enjoy that moment. And then when I was done with that, where before I had gone back to bed and because I had, my mind had been racing, I would go back to bed and just lay there and stew in rumination or worry. And now I would go back to bed and pass back out. I'd fall back asleep. So it was, you know, the benefits were not only the physical performance, the emotional side as well, but quite physical in being able to go back to sleep. And so I saw these benefits in my life and I just wanted to carry it forward and share the the benefits of mindfulness and meditation with as many people as will listen. Because I know with my background, it's a little different. I will be able to bring it to some people who have been reticent to ever practice before and have pushback much like I did before. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mental health services of any kind for the military have always been considered very taboo. I was the director of a large healthcare system, and and one of the things that we did was uh, we offered uh, EAP sessions for mental health sessions uh, for employees having trouble at work or at home because we all we know both affect whatever. But the the people that we had the hardest time getting in were the EMTs. Oh, they, sure. After, you know, after a horrible event occurred uh, and they were referred to the EAP uh, office for sessions just for debriefing or briefing to whatever, just to talk, they wouldn't come. You know, and I, and I talked to one of them one day and I said, well, why is it? Why, why do you think you all don't come to these sessions? He said, he said because we believe if we show that any kind of weakness, we're going to lose our edge. 
Right. And, and then I really understood very, very much about a lot of, and I think that's true of a lot of people in the military. They're afraid they're going to lose their the edge or whatever edge they have. And, and hopefully that's going to change as far as the military. I, I'm seeing, I don't know, I, I, and I'm going to get off track here a little bit, but I just want to make sure I say this. Uh, Steve Steely is the general of the, the National Guard. And this was several years ago. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but one of his big focuses was bringing mental health services to the GIs to bring bring it to veterans and GIs. And so I was, I was very very excited to hear that. And as a psychologist, I also have done a lot of uh, I license and I we license and discipline psychologists. But we've had a real flurry of psychologists that are going directly into the military. Oh wow! Which is perfect because if you're on the if you're in the same ground on the same ground with the military with other military personnel, you have a better chance of of serving and offering mental health services. So, yeah, I mean Absolutely. it's huge. What you're doing is huge in this uh, the veterans path. I just think it's fantastic. Well, I'll just be honest with you. I start my day with meditation, and my my meditation starts with gratitude. And uh, I, I learned to do meditation back in the, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to age myself, pretty much, <laughs> but, uh, transcendental meditation. This was uh, something that uh, the, uh, the Beatles, the Beatles started doing transcendental meditation. And uh, so, you know, and I was struggling. I was a young mother going to school, working on my, on my education. And uh, again, I was like you, my mind was in a flurry all the time and I remember walking into the bathroom and I became so angry, I kicked a shower door in, literally broke a shower door with my foot. And that's when I realized I had to do something. I had to do something. So meditation became really a life-saving skill for me. And, And since that time, I have found when I don't meditate, and I don't begin my day with gratitude and focusing and and grounding myself, I can get very, very emotionally out of control. And so, you know, I I just think it's so extremely valuable to teach people just to take a part of it. Isn't it just taking a moment to be with yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So taking a moment, being quiet, you can, you can listen to a guided meditation or just be in the moment paying attention to your physical sensations, paying attention to your emotions, mm-hmm. paying attention to the here and the now. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, that's what's so important. And as you do that more and more often, it becomes easier to pay attention to the here and now. So you're present not only with yourself, but you're present with your friends, you're present yeah. with your family, you're present with your coworkers, your colleagues. It, it definitely is a game changer. Yeah. Well, you're, you're taking it to a, a great level, which is, again, teaching companies and teams how to be more successful. Well, first, let's talk about the Veterans Path, uh, the social profit organization. And are you still working with that organization too? I'm no longer with Veterans Path, but they're they're still doing amazing work with veterans bringing it. And they've actually started to work with service members as well before they've retired or gotten out of the military. So they're doing uh, amazing work with veterans, bringing them to the practices of mindfulness and meditation, and it truly is making a difference for them. But no, I'm no longer with them. Okay. Well, it's a fantastic program. Uh, I'd like to learn more about it. Maybe I can, maybe you can hook me up with somebody with that program so, so that I Absolutely. can do a, do a podcast with them because I, I think it's so important for the military to really receive services. Well, okay. Let's talk about this because I think it goes right, it flows right into this. Uh, you talk about being 
a loved leader. And I think, uh, you know, you're working with companies and you're, you're, these are high performing companies that, that have high performing people that they want to keep at their top level of performance. Talk about that just a little bit, because I think that's such an important piece of what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. I'd be happy to. So when, when I say that love leader, a lot of the time I get the question, look, as you know, a lot of people want to come in almost as a tyrant sometimes as a leader with a very heavy hand. And that rarely works. And when I say a love leader, I'm not meaning a weak leader. I'm not meaning somebody who can't come in and exert and and practice authority, but somebody who is compassionate, somebody who understands that the people working for him or her, they are truly people. They're human beings with their own lives, their own concerns, their own problems, their own challenges and obstacles. Whereas people who come in and they think that they're going to be leading an organization, they objectify the people in that organization. And when we objectify the people in the organization, they truly start serving us like objects. They don't serve us as leaders. They serve us as bosses. And yeah. I always like to draw the line between a leader and a boss. Uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the boss is looking at the bottom line. The leader is looking to take that organization and improve that organization and work towards the goal as part of the organization, not just as the head of the organization. Yeah. And so the, the loved leader is somebody who is compassionate, can see what his or her people need. And if he or she is not the, the person individually that is able to support their people, then they can leverage their sub leaders, their subordinate subordinate leaders to get their, their people what they need yeah. so that they can accomplish the quote unquote mission. I mean, I'm former military, so we're always talking about accomplishing the mission. Missions for sure. Yeah. But, but don't you think that with the pandemic, cause you know, there's been a lot of uh, surveys going on, going around about people who do not want to return to the traditional work role models that they were in before. Some are choosing not to go come back at all, you know, choosing to do something completely different. But, you know, it, it appears the companies that are going to be most successful exactly are the ones you're talking about, where, you know, you it's, it's about the relationships that you're making within the company and the relationships that you're making outside of the company. And I think people get real confused about those two, but they're really one and the same. Five people in your company, in the company itself, will tell five other people outside the company how great a company it is, just as well mm-hmm. as five clients will do the same thing. So, right. so you know, I, I don't think a lot of companies really understand that, but having a loved leader is one that people uh, want to emulate, they want to support, and they they honor and they trust. And this these are the things that are so important today and everything that we choose to do uh, to be successful in our lives. But, you know, uh, my last book was called In This Together. And I think that's really where we're, we have to head for things to really turn around. Uh, so let's talk about how you, you do these uh, the leadership training. You, you go in and teach mindfulness and the meditation. Give me an example of one of the companies that you've recently worked with just to, just to tell me how you do it. Yeah, I, ironically, I've recently worked with Space Force, uh, I, I didn't think that I would be doing that, but I moved out to Colorado Springs 
And I, I recently worked with the, the newly developed Space Force out here to teach them about compassion and about how leadership, it, the, it, compassion is an aspect of that part of it, but then also having grit and resilience and then foresight or preparedness of what I'd like to call it. So I, I, I normally go in and start with a keynote speech just to kind of lay the foundation. And then from there, we can have me come in to do an analysis or an assessment of the organization and see where they may have shortfalls or blind spots that I can look at from a different angle and highlight for the individuals or the organization as a whole. And uh, I've done that also recently with organizations like Samsung and FedEx. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to get to know what corporate America looks like and how they work and it's, what they need. It's, still, it's, it's a, a little different out there. It's, uh, it is, you know, it's it not is. like the military. You you have a lot of uh, different different personalities. Well, you talk about grit, resilience, compassion, and preparedness, the four pillars of doing such. After you've done this training and you've, you know, you've done your keynote and then you've made your assessment and then you do your, I, I, I guess I could call it an intervention to a certain degree, but if you come in and you say, here are the things that I see or here are the things that I, I believe we're going to be helpful to you all to to add these into your day-to-day operations what kind of things do people come back with this what are some of their concerns almost any organization you talk to communication is going to be one of the number one things that i always hear is how can we communicate better and in this day and age of hyper connectivity it's we're constantly communicating but so much is getting lost in the noise so I yeah. try to actually help them declutter what they're doing and how they're communicating. If they're sending a million emails every day, so much is going to get lost. If they're sending a, a lot of uh, Slack messages all day, so much is going to get lost. And not only is so much going to get lost in the communication, but is that communication critical? And if it's not, how much flow and productivity is actually cutting down on? So if you have somebody with their email open while they're working and they've got their phone on them and they've got a boss talking to them over the computer screen, what are they missing out on? Because they're not (laughs) able to get into that state of flow. Everything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So those are some of the things that uh, I hear as I, I talk about the the farce of multitasking and how multitasking actually causes more errors and reduces productivity. So I try to get people to do what I call monotasking and uh, focusing on one single thing at a time if they're able, and they actually get through more in a given day and they get through more in a shorter time, so they get time back. So when I talk to them, because I do talk about mindfulness and meditation as part of my keynotes and part of my training, when I talk to them about that, many people are like, well, I don't have time to do that. Well, if you do do this, you're actually going to make time. There's going to be a return on investment. And not only are you going to feel better at the end of the day, but you're going to have gotten more done. You're going to be more productive. So those are some of the things that I that I talk about. And those are some of the things that I hear back is I don't have time, but then I flip it. I flip the script on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, too many people need me. I haven't got time. There's so many excuses why p- people don't uh, take time for themselves. I, I ride horses and I show horses. And one of the things I do is I get massages on a regular basis because I need to. I have to. And right. uh, a lot of people go, oh, you're getting a massage. It's amazing what people say about not self-care. Self-care is such a it's such a bugaboo for so many people. Self-care, if you get your right. 
you know, facial, you get a massage, you go out and do, you know, do something fun for yourself. People are going, oh, you know, you're just, so what do we do about that? Because people have to, you're no good to anybody unless you're at top of the ladder. You're every, everything else is going to fail. If you're, when you fail, uh, everything else fails. And I think that's the, especially for women, you know, we, we wear, we may have our, you can't see our superwoman women t-shirts underneath this. I know I see your wife is a orthopedic, orthopedic uh, physician assistant. And you have two small children, one on the way. Congratulations. Oh, I've actually uh, got, she's here. I've got three oh, she now. Is, <laughs> she, oh, she is there. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. congratulations. Um, yeah, I need to update that bio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It says, uh, yes, yes. Proud parents of two what three soon to be three so yes you do need to change your bio <laughs> congratulations but but again self-care even for a new parent and, and someone in a, in a job setting has to be important and the, and the companies need to know that too how do, how do companies that high performing companies say you know you have to take care of yourself first and i think that's that has to come from the top down for sure absolutely and you know there's a there's in the military, there was always a saying, take care of the team and the team will take care of you. And I believe that to a point, but if you are personally running so hard for so long, at some point you're gonna run yourself aground. You're gonna run into a wall. You're gonna wear yourself out. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like the when you board an aircraft and the, the flight attendants will tell you, hey, if we lose air pressure or cabin pressure, the oxygen mask will drop, put your own oxygen mask on first. And I know the inclination as a parent, especially if I'm flying with my little little kids, the inclination is I'm going to grab that oxygen mask and put them on um, on those kids. But if I do that, I could potentially pass out and never get that oxygen mask on my kids. Won't do anybody any good, would so, it? Right. It won't do anyone any good. So as a leader, healthcare, self-care is critical so that you can be the best leader you can be. And by being the best leader, then you can take the team to the next level and help that team be the best team. That's what you have to focus on is realizing that by taking care of yourself, it's not a selfish thing. By taking care of yourself, you are in turn taking care of your team yeah. so that they can be the best. You just have to realize your role in the grand picture, the, the bigger picture of everything. And in taking care of yourself, you're taking care of the team. Yeah. Just think of it, John, if everybody woke up in the morning and they uh, meditated and then they got a little exercise in and got a good breakfast and, uh, you know, went to work or wherever they're going. What would the world be like, do you think, if everybody started their day like that? And, uh, you know, what so much better a world, let's create a world like that, you know, and it's so hard to, to really teach people about that. Uh, okay, so your example was the last company that you uh, trained and educated and gave them some some resources and tools. What was the end results? I'll be honest, I haven't gone back and done the post-assessment, but I've gotten feedback from those who are in the executive suite, and they've given me great feedback on seeing that their people appear to be happier at work and more productive, which seem <laughs> at, at, <laughs> at times to be almost opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, you really? can be happier and more productive simultaneously yeah. at work. And yeah. that's, that's the feedback that I get. And for me, that's the best feedback yeah. that I can get. Well, and, so. and people need to know that's a choice. Every yeah, moment definitely. is a choice. Mindfulness is about a choice every moment of your life. So many people put uh, their 
what happens to them and they put it in somebody else's court that happened because mm-hmm. of you this happened because of that so you know getting rid of stinking thinking and take responsibility <laughs> and uh, really taking care of yourself are some of the most important things that we can to, do for each other but you know we've only got a few minutes left and i really haven't talked about the strong women in your life but my guess is you've got lots of strong women <laughs> in your life. Uh, your, your, I do. your wife is I do. definitely there and and i i don't know how many baby girls you have but uh i know you have at least two do you have that's right two, yeah. uh, you have at least I've, two I've got, I've got two two little girls and a little boy and okay. yes um my beautiful bride is an example and a source of strength for me. Uh, she is unbelievable. She comes from a big family, uh, six brothers and a, and a sister, and she is just a, a powerhouse. Um, she served in the military as well, served in the Navy and the Coast Guard both, and wow. is now an yeah. orthopedic PA. Yeah. And uh, she is just incredible. Uh, again, example and source of strength. When I feel down, she lifts me up. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, an anecdotal example of it this morning i was feeling down and i'm i'm working from home and uh she came through the door here earlier in my little workspace and brought me a drink and i'm not meaning in a serving way but just in a supporting way and and uh and 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 i knew that she knew that i was down and and that was a source of strength for me and and it it brought a smile to my face and it's changed the trajectory of my day just something small like that so she was she's been tremendously supportive then obviously, uh, you know, we all have moms, uh, whether they're alive or not. My mom has been a tremendous uh, example and source of strength for me as well. Uh, I grew up, I was born in South Africa, moved to the States when I was seven. And my mom, um, you know, we, we moved over to the States with no friends, no connections. She gave up her nursing career in South Africa and moved myself and four, four other kids, three older sisters and a younger brother to the States with my dad. And she was just amazing. Uh, always knew that I could lean on her as as a as a young kid, and I still lean on her today. Um, so she's she's been yeah. a tremendous example. And then uh, and then my three older sisters, phenomenal phenomenal strength. Uh, obviously, I won't get into each one, but I, they bet, they, I bet they strong. I bet they beat up on you a couple times. <laughs> one of one of them, the the middle yeah, I, the middle one, two, and I got into it quite a bit. <laughs> I had two younger brothers, one in the Air Force, and one in the Navy. I beat up on them pretty regularly. <laughs> Good for you. Pretty sure Good when they you. got big, they're going to beat me up, but they didn't. Thank God. So. <laughs> family and support, and and that's really the most important thing. I'm sure that you teach with mindfulness and with meditation is support. It, we right. have. To get support but we also have to support as well Absolutely. uh we have at uh, women connect for good an, an important campaign that's ongoing it's lift lift women as you rise but it really should be lift each person as you rise and i think mm-hmm. that's what we're like talking that. about these days is really teaching people about kindness uh and 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 empathy and and really treasuring the the moments that we do have in this strange thing we call life that four-letter word but uh <laughs> all right well so how do they learn more about you i know we could keep talking because we we really uh have so much in common as far as uh the background but i really am i think it's so important for mental uh for the military to have good mental health services so i'm hoping that continues to expand and and that people are more comfortable using mental health services and we need to keep teaching that that it's okay to be a loved leader and it's okay to take care of yourself first right, so, right. okay john Absolutely. how do we how do we find you what 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 where are you <laughs> 
Colorado Springs. Well, uh, I am physically here in Colorado Springs, but <laughs> on social media, I, uh, I'm on LinkedIn primarily. That's where I'm, I spend most of my social media time. And then uh, I have a podcast uh, with uh, a buddy of mine that we run called Men Talking Mindfulness. And it is, it's called Men Talking Mindfulness because it's two men talking about it, but it is not exclusively for men. We talk about a lot of a lot of different aspects of mindfulness. We bring on female guests. Sure. Sure. We talk about we talk about feminine energy. We talk about, you know, there's, there's a perception that feminine energy is weak. It is by no means weak, not at all. And we talk about that. We also talk about the, the flip side, that masculinity is perceived as strong. And there's times when masculinity is not necessarily strong. And you can be a masculine masculine energy and be sad. You can be a masculine energy and have struggles and adversities. So we talk about that and we talk about toxic masculinity and, and we'll make sure that masculinity in and of itself is not toxic, but there are aspects of it if you force it on other people. I mean, if you force anything on anyone, that's toxic. And uh, we talk about that. We talk about confined masculinity and the, the perception that men or masculine energies should only be the provider and the protector. And that's by no means what men are limited to. We can be the nurturer. We can be the lover. Yeah. We can be the creative. So uh, Men Talking Mindfulness is, a, is our podcast, but you can find me on, on social media or my website is mccaskillconsulting.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, mindfulness and, and uh, the feminine and the masculine energy, by the way, we both have, we have each one of us, we have, we have a balance of both. It's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we we need both. We need both. But uh, being kind, being generous and supporting each other. My my goal and my mission is, John, for each of us to support each other, men supporting other men, women supporting other women and vice versa. I don't think we're going to get anywhere in this lifetime or move move the dial forward out of, out of all the stuff that's happened here recently until we actually have that mindfulness and that care of one another and we can move the dial and move forward. So congratulations Absolutely. on your, uh, I think the loved leader is a, is a wonderful thing. And, and I love that. Uh, I love that idea. So uh, let's stay in touch. And uh, by Absolutely. the way, I'd be glad to be on your podcast and talk about mindfulness and the equine population, because that's, yes. where, that's where I, I will tell you, I have my equestrian center here with my horses and that's beautiful. Uh, they we have horses out here in Colorado Springs. I have two horses. I have a, a mini oh, and a, a, a Percheron Frisian mix. Well, mine are Arabian, half Arabians, but I do have a mini beautiful. and then some goats. And uh, but these are high-powered show show animals, and I breed nice. I breed Arabians and uh, half Arabians also. So yeah, nice. give me a call. Absolutely. Hey, John, congratulations! Thank you so much, Doctor Nancy. I congratulations it. on your new little girl, and best Thank wishes. You. Thank you. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Thank you for listening.